0: All right, thanks for checking out another edition of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. My name is Jason. And check us out online at thethunderunderground.com. And all our social medias, we'll get into that here in a bit. But we want to let you know right off the bat, while we're here this week, we're bringing you an interview with two of the members of the band Murder FM. That's Norman Matthew, the singer, and he's also a guitarist and the programmer. And then there is... a. Matt, who is also the guitarist. And both of them, both of us, both of them joined us for a, a nice, good, lengthy chat.
1: Yes. Um, this is, uh, probably the longest talk we've had in, I don't know, the last few episodes. Yeah. Uh, and it was really good. Uh, we covered a lot of stuff. And, uh, again, it was kind of gotten into that thing of just dudes talking about music, which is, you know, what we like. So, uh, it was, uh, another fun one. And, uh, i'm sure you guys will love it
0: yeah yeah we checked them out when they they came into tulsa as part of the revolver south for the wind tour which was headlined by seasons after and it also includes everybody panic shout out to them because they're from oklahoma as well damn straight and murder fm was on this leg of the tour and i believe by the time you hear this they'll be off it but as we talk about in the in the chat with them they're getting ready to head out on the road with head p and alien ant farm yes so you have plenty of opportunities to check these guys out if you haven't heard of them do yourself a favor and check them out it's kind of a cool you know it's not it's not typical what you hear on the radio you know it's got a good you know it's got some electronic elements it's got some some stuff has a Marilyn manson vibe at times some stuff has a 80s arena rock vibe at times. Some yeah, like stuff a, just a big a,
1: rock thing going on.
0: Yeah, and just a hard rock. It fits well in the radio, but it's also not you know stock, you know, which is good.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, like you said, it's not typical, so that's uh, definitely a plus.
0: Yeah, you can check these guys out on Facebook at Murder FM Official.
1: But before that, uh, there's also stuff going around in the uh, rock news circles uh, that we just cannot ignore and that is the possibility of your favorite band in the world Guns N' Roses reuniting um is this even something that's going to happen or something that's worth talking about what do you think you know being your favorite band
0: I don't know I get anything's worth talking about right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: well yeah definitely. Yeah. and it's something we've all as rock fans, whether it's your favorite band or not if you're a hard rock fan, you've either like or hate guns N' roses since you were a kid, yeah, you know? and well, so it's something people have always talked about through time
1: well, see and that's why I, that's why I said is it' worth talking about because this shit comes up every couple of years right and is it just another uh, you know swell in the rumor mill or is something going on?
0: Well, I w- I would think it's the first time it's uh, legitimate that you could believe something's really going to happen. Okay, because you know there's not two of the you know two of the three guitarists quit, and all of a sudden Slash and Axle are back on speaking terms. Yeah, you know, so it just kind of times <laughs> out to make sense, right?
1: It does. It does. It, it's like, hmm, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know.
0: Obviously don't know anything anymore than any other person in the world does, but I think last week Eddie Trunk was talking about it, and he mentioned a good point, which is normally in cases like this, it gets shot down by someone pretty quick. Yes. When when rumors start to swirl and it becomes a big news item like this did, someone's going to come out and, and deny it
1: you know, up until the point that it happens. Exactly. But no one's denied it, so... It, it's been mum's the word on right. uh, all camps. Yeah. Every, every guy, Axel, Slash, stuff, whatever, has been tight-lipped. Yeah. And that was, I think, you know, like you said, that was Eddie Trunk's point. So something's mm-hmm. going on. Something is maybe in the works here.
0: And then the second rumor that came out was that... Um, was it that it won't be one of the two not two original there's
1: only one original but not yeah. it won't
0: be steven adler or matt storm and it won't be izzy stradlin or Gilby clark
1: yeah it's just going to be that was the the thing it was just going to be axel slash and duff uh what do you think about that i don't
0: know i don't it doesn't surprise me but i also think it's going to alienate some people you know <laughs> people that have sat around and hoped for it now they're There's always going to be someone that's pissed off about something, right, no
1: matter what happens. Oh, yeah, no matter what. There's going to be people, if they all fucking reunite, there's going to be people pissed off that they reunited. Right. So, what do you do?
0: Yeah, see, as a fan, you know, if if you're listening to us, you can go back way back. I think it was episode... Like three or or four or something. Four, maybe. And we just sat around with one of our friends, Mike Thrasher, and talked about Guns N' Roses. Because, besides me, it was his favorite band growing up. And, you know, we talked about it, and I said in that one that I've, throughout time, since, you know, they kind of fell apart in the mid-90s, there's never been a point where I didn't think that this was eventually going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I always figured, you know, in the last few years, thinking if it happened, that that it would be one of the guitarists that is there now, which at this point is just Richard Fortas, feeling the, the Izzy role. Because we knew, if you know anything about Izzy, you know he's likely not going to do it.
1: No, nah, I don't and, think, yeah, I think you're right.
0: And I just figured that Axel would try to push to keep one of his guys rather than bring back in Gilby. Since Gilby wasn't, you know, an original guy and he was more just a, a touring guy and he played on Spaghetti Incident. So it wasn't really a a guy that needed to be there. Even though it's a big fan, I would love to see him there. True. So, But the only thing that does shock me is not having Matt Sorm. Or Steven Adler,
1: yeah, that's weird. And I, yeah. that was like kind of my next thing I wanted to get into with you was uh, how do you handle that? And maybe that's why they're not just—they're just not going to address it at all. Maybe that's why they don't want to make that choice. So they're just going to have you know the the whoever the current drummer is.
2: Right.
1: You know, maybe that's why. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a good point. I guess maybe. They didn't want to go with Adler because of the reasons they kicked him out in the first place. Yeah. You know, and he's back and forth even though he seems to be doing good now. And <laughs> and then rather than bring in Sorum and then have people bitch that it's not their original lineup, even though Sorum was there on two massive albums. Definitely. Then they could just say, Well, let's just go with this guy, you know. <laughs> Frank Fur is who it is, right?
1: Frank Ferrar? Ferrar is that how you say I it. I think so. I don't even know how to say it. I think so. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think that if they do just have a, uh, Axel Duff slash thing, um, it's kind of like bringing the fans almost to climax, but then just like petering out. Because <laughs> I think the fans really want the, just the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, like you said, there's going to be people pissed, but that would still be a. I think they could still do stadiums with that.
0: Yeah, I think they, they wouldn't have a problem filling up stadiums with those three, you know, with bringing Slash and Duff back in the mix. Because I think that the average rock fan that isn't like a big music geek that just listens to whatever's presented to him on the radio is going to. All they care about is if Slash and Axe was on stage together. Yeah. You know, Duff, you know, Duff, obviously, as well, because he's the name guy. But um, most people, if Slash is standing on that stage with Axel, that's all they care about.
1: All is right with the world. Right.
0: But, you know, if you're a big geek like us or you're just really into rock music, you know that for it to be Guns N' Roses, you need Duff. And ideally, you would love to have Izzy Stradlin', because in my eyes, he's kind of the, the backbone of that whole appetite for destruction. But it's. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, there's no reason to speculate on that.
1: Yeah. Let, let me ask you something I just thought of. Um, I've seen, uh, they already have, they've already announced the headliners for download in 2016. Iron Maiden one night, Black Sabbath one night, and Romstein one night. Is, is Romstein are they a headliner in, in Europe? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know as much as you do about them. I mean, could they maybe be holding out for like Guns and Roses?
0: No, Ram Ramstein's massive. Okay, okay. Like everywhere, but America and even okay. America, they gotcha. Remember, they stayed away long enough that when they came back a couple years ago, yeah, they did. They were playing. They did arenas, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, outside of America, especially in Europe, mm-hmm. they're headline anywhere they play for the most part. Yeah. So,
1: well, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting, and uh, we'll all just have to stay tuned to this issue going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thanks for letting us get a little rock talk out of the way. Uh, You know, we want to get back to this Murder FM uh, interview. Um, It was uh, was a great chat. Uh, We talked about the cure. We talked about uh, influences. Uh, We talked about Bo Hill, who produced uh, Warrant and who is uh, pretty, pretty steeped in that Murder FM camp. So that was interesting. Um, which we have an episode with Joey Allen of Warrant uh, that you should go check out.
0: Yes. Hit us up, SoundCloud, Thunder-Underground. It's got all our episodes listed on there. Joey Allen of Warrant, of course, is one of them several episodes ago. We've also got a lot of, you know, some metal guys recently, like Kirk Weinstein
1: from Crowbar and Down. Yes, We've and had- that, that was a very successful episode. Thank you, everybody that listened.
0: Yes, and we had uh, Wino, who's, if you're not familiar with that name, he's a legend in the doom metal, uh, genre. Without a doubt. So if you're into stoner metal, doom metal, all that, you know him. But if you don't just go check him out, you know, because this guy is, I don't know how to put it. Fantastic. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And we've got, you know, all kinds of other stuff. So be sure and check us out on SoundCloud. Like I said, Thunder Dash Underground can check us out on, Online at thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. All those are thethunderunderground, all one word. And then Twitter is t h n d r u n d r ground. So I guess with all that being said, let's get right into this episode with Norman and Matt from Murder FM.
3: there's a mood. Oh dang! You want sexy, extra sexy? <laughs> there you go. Barf, you want to see want to see her face, <laughs> or damn, she's ugly. <laughs> there, you there you go. That's yeah.
1: That's usually what he pulls. So keep it on
0: there. Right. All right, right on. Oh,
3: shit! Wow. I'm just
0: kidding. We're coming up to the end of your run with this tour. Like, how's it been going so far?
3: You know what? Um, it's been awesome. It's uh, this revolver magazine run with Seasons After and Everybody Panic has uh, been great. It's our third run behind our new record happily never after that just came out in august and uh it's definitely better than our previous run mm. um <laughs> it's just and not because it was bad it's just you're building you know and you start to see uh the fruits of your labors we've been yeah. at it for a few years but to uh have a major release behind it yeah. you know that you're supporting and it's obviously ex- exponentially different and uh we're getting ready to run on the road with head pe and alien Ant farm after this so right now it's up and up and up and up and up, which yeah, okay. I'm excited about. <laughs> okay. When, like, uh, you know, revolver is behind this. What does that mean, actually? What do they help you? Up? What do they help you out with? You know what? That's that would be on Dawson's side more okay. than anything from seasons after, but oh, okay. uh, definitely presenting and that they support it through the magazine okay. through all their social media outlets yeah. I mean and really the branding as well yeah. you know it's like you're really trying to get with a demographic in a market and you put that revolver stamp on mm-hmm. there and it's like oh okay like you know I got, definitely got to check yeah, this out yeah you see that yeah. on the post you're like whoa hey yeah, yeah your mind yeah. just kind of gets blown <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's cool. definitely a branding thing too and I mean for us we've had a lot of support from Revolver um, Revolver's actually premiered our video We the Evil before we broke our full length record or even oh, okay. signed our deal so they were very instrumental in uh, really pushing our band over the cliff which led to uh, you know shows with Five Finger Death Punch the Pretty Reckless Rob Zombie yeah. um, which led to the Avatar Tour which led to Gemini and Fozzy which inking the deal at that point <laughs> we started talking to the label in September of last year and uh, finally laid it down in February of this year so for us we're kind of we work with Revolver now, which okay. is great, you know?
0: Yeah. Cool. And, I'll, yeah, I like, like, this lineup, and then that, like you mentioned, the Alien Ant Farm and Head PE. It's like a diverse, you know, three bands are different from each other. It is. So it's cool to see that, and I wish more, you know, tours were like that.
3: Yeah, and, you, and you know, and they go hand-in-hand hand as well, mm-hmm. because uh, we've got a little bit of each of those bands, Head P.E. and Alien Ant Farm, you know, in the sense that we've got that commercial accessibility, in our songs yeah. the way the alien Farm would but uh we've got that dirt under our fingernails the way the head is you know <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of yeah. like we're kind of in the middle yeah. you know and uh it, it's weird everyone when we've been announcing it they're like oh my god head pe and i'm like how does everyone still love this band i mean because i don't hang out in the scene sort of know what everybody listens to yeah you know what i mean so i mean i love them since they first came out so it's amazing you know all, all our promoter friends and stuff are like dude those shows always sell out and you're like yeah. what yeah. i mean i don't not believe it it's more right. of like a, that's that's amazing you know yeah. what i mean because jared he's been going at it forever dude i must have met him when i was like 14 when they came out yeah. he had his big old thing of dreads and <laughs> he was just cool as could fucking be to yeah. me dude and to see him still doing it at that level that's what i mean that's that's amazing yeah. you know and i'm just glad to be a part of that right. you know that's the kind of work ethic that i want to have
0: cool yeah they're one of those bands that's always had that <sighs> Strong following. Yeah, You know, they had early, there. early radio yeah. success, but then they just, yeah, like you said, it's always sold out no matter what. Yeah, they, they come around here, you know, quite a bit at least once every yeah. year or two. And yeah, they just tear it up, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they pack it out. They
3: do canes or something. Yeah, is it is you know, canes, canes, canes out here? Canes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, like, it's just right down the street. About, a quarter mile away, or right? yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, That's where we were supposed to be, but Matt and I decided we should play a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We're like, we don't want the big venue. We should be in the small venue. <laughs> right. Like, we we want it to be sweaty and nasty. Yeah. Canes, you're gonna have to wait for the next round. <laughs> but for being a tiny place, this place sounds great. Yeah. It does, yeah. man. You yeah. know what? I was feeling that that's true, during right? I sound check. Too, like,
1: yeah. This
3: is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen a
1: bad show here. It always sounds sounds really good. Nice. It's yeah. really
2: particular about the way that having yeah. someone out front and kind of they kind of know like yeah yeah we're going to run sound from side stage so someone needs to be up front and that guy <laughs> needs to know what he's talking about
1: so. yeah
0: yeah the Jake the guy that runs it he's every show I've been at i see him you know every few songs he'll come out and stand in the middle to make sure it sounds right and awesome. go back to the board so he's really on point with his stuff that's awesome Again, huh? <laughs> but I was going to ask you guys your sound kind of draws from all these different elements like arena rock industrial um (laughs) just heavy guitar rock everything you know so i just like how would you describe this band to someone that's never heard you
3: um (laughs)
2: let matt take that one and then i'll give you the the other answer (laughs) so my favorite thing to tell people when we're standing in somewhere in the bible belt and everyone's staring at my face tattoos (laughs) is that we are lesbian vampire mariachis and uh, the cool thing is is that we only have to play once a month. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of it comes from, I don't know, just kind of spending time bouncing ideas off of each other and then Norman really getting, like, zeroing in on the way that I would write a guitar part. And so he gets excited to write guitar parts that I'm going to like or I'll send him an idea like, dude, you're going to turn that into, like, the, you know, the panty dropper of a lifetime and you know what I mean and where where all of our <clears throat> where all of our influences come from all of our backgrounds it, it kind of became this you know like I, I see a lot of dudes in bands that like they play for bands that they don't like the music you know what I mean like they're like oh yeah I play for this metal band but like my other band is like this and it's very weird to me to like that's, that's weird why would you be in a band that you can't you know what I mean you're not playing what you like to play so I think A lot of our sound comes from Norman having the ability to write parts that we're going to enjoy playing based on how he knows we like to play or any ideas that we send him are like, man, there's this killer bass line that I want for Jay to play super loud. Can we leave that, like, out in the open? And then your creamy vocals and then my heavy guitars and then Shakes being Shakes, you know what I mean? Like, just... (laughs) <laughs> shakes hits stuff and uh, I think that's a lot of what it is like it's a, it's weird because you can kind of catch all our influences but it's almost impossible to describe you know what I mean because it's like oh well right as you're about to call it the new Rob Zombie sound it turns into something else and then you're like oh cool it's the new Guns N' Roses sound and it turns into something else and it's kind of impossible to like that's what it is and that's why because it just kind of that is how it ended up being and we we yeah we figured out making that like or figured out how to make it all work together
3: yeah i grew up on big records so i wanted us to have a big sound um you know what i mean everyone's trying to fit in a scene Mm -hmm. and do a certain thing and it was like you know how we're gonna stick out by just doing what we you know at least for me grew up on Music, rock music, belonged in arenas. That's where I saw it. That's where I grew up in it. You know, so it's like I always wanted to give people that same sort of like simplicity. Yeah. Killer drum, just yeah. You know, cracking away, simple guitar riffs, simple hooks. Get to the fucking point. You know what I mean? For us, you know. And that's not to say that anything that is complex is bad. Just for us, that's what I liked. You know, because that's to me, that's real of who we are. Mm -hmm. Like, get to the point. You know, there's not really like a lot of layers to this onion you know what i mean i'd like to feel smart that way and very artistic but it's like dude even i don't want to listen after three and a half minutes so i shouldn't expect anyone else to want to as well you know yeah yeah i yeah, I'm, I'm the
1: same way i like when stuff is short and to the point uh if we're getting into four or five minutes i start to lose unless it's like a certain band or two that i like but right you know and i, and I like you know what you said about a big sound because i i hear that you know, there's a lot of
3: like wide open, epic stuff going on. That's really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh I <clears throat> want people to listen to the record mm-hmm. twice and a third yeah. time and a fourth time. Not like, cool. That was good. I hope I never hear that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love Periphery, yeah. but I hear the whole record through and I won't listen to it for like two months. Yeah. Just because right. I'm like, dude, my brain. You got to be in the mindset. You know what I, I mean? Has. Yeah. That's a lot to handle. I never <laughs> got into Rush. Yeah, I Which I, I know a drummer would probably shoot me if he was in here, but I just couldn't wrap my head around. I mean, it's too much thinking, dude. And mm-hmm. I was like a calculator and you know what I mean? Yeah. So even Dream Theater, I would listen to the cool riffs like the first minute and a half and I'd be mm-hmm. like, next song. You know what I mean? Next song. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of our thought process. Right on. Well, you
0: mentioned writing and you guys writing stuff separate and bringing it together. Is that how you normally write or do you... Do you guys write a lot of stuff together, or is it all...
3: We try to avoid each other <laughs> as <laughs> much as
2: possible. Yeah. We actually live on opposite sides of Texas. Um, okay. No, we really do. No, he's uh, like, we're not even joking. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 we really do. Um, it, it's kind of a filter process, um, simply because we don't want to be that band that is there with everybody in a room for two years trying to put out an album and man i really want like no one gets their feelings hurt that way it's like cool i'm gonna just send all of my ideas to norman and if i hear it come out on the album rock and roll if not rock and roll i probably didn't want to play it anyway so it kind of uh Basically what we do is we take all of our ideas and we dump it into this big machine and then we feed it hot dogs and Cheetos and tour food and push a button and you get a hit record. Right, works. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how it works. Nice it is. Hot dogs, Cheetos, and right. tour food. It, it keeps yeah. other things
3: fresh, man. You know, doing it that way. Um, yeah, I'm not a jammer, mm-hmm. so I couldn't sit and jam on this long-ended riff yeah. forever and be like, where do we go next? And when you do that to me it doesn't feel like you're doing a black and white sketch and the band is putting in the color. It feels like a bunch of kindergartners mm-hmm. like cutting out squares and stars and yeah. circles and being like pasting mm-hmm. it and glue stick. Here's our song and you're like yeah. mm. everyone got their say and that's yeah. obviously clear. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like the in the song. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other people work well that way like I don't. I need to complete a sentence and then have someone correct it and then you know go back and forth that way. That's just the way that I work. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'd be terrible like in a in a business or in a debate <laughs> unless I could finish my sentence I would just give up be like whatever you guys want yeah. I don't care so uh, we write the same way but it does I think it keeps it fresh you mm-hmm. know and we've had that luxury now that we've got this deal in place and we've got a second record that's gotta come out you know that the process may have to uh, speed itself up quite a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it might be different but at least up until now this is the way it's been and I love it cool because I think we've had time to uh, let the songs mature yeah. and really like filter out stuff because when you first write it I mean, you're like, dude, it's the best song I've ever written, you know? And then you go back and revisit it later in six months and you're like, it's just terrible. You know what I mean? I'm so glad we didn't put that out. And that happens a lot because these dudes are always like, dude, we should bring back this song. And I'm like, I wrote it and I don't even want to bring it back, man. Like, and it's not, yeah, it's weird. It's not like a pride thing of like, oh, I don't like that song. It's just like, dude, there's so much better. And I'm always trying to think big picture. For yeah. the band. You know what I mean? Like not just oh that was a great riff or that was a great lyric. It's like, man, is that gonna serve the purpose? Yeah. Of what we're trying exactly. to accomplish though, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when we write it's great to do it apart. Yeah.
1: Cool, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, you know, for a song like uh, Burn, for instance, uh, we thought you know, that has like a, a real like depeche mode kind of, you know thing going on, but like with a harder edge. Yeah. And uh I know, just, we just want to talk about that a little bit because that stuck out to us
3: Oh did it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, <laughs> what we did That song's actually a cover by The Cure Really? Yeah <laughs> Wow Yeah, wow. and it was from the Crow exactly. soundtrack and here's what's weirder: yeah, I okay. love The Cure but there was always that missing punch for yeah. me <laughs> from the band that was like, oh I man, see. I would love to hear this done heavier So I, I took okay. the tune and I was like, man, let's do it the way we would have done it if we wrote it because to me, that's the way I think cover should be yeah, like run. cover it yeah. as if your band had written it, you know what I mean. Yeah. So we really put like our stamp into it because it was that was the thing, man. I loved the carrot. I was like, dude, there's no <laughs> nuts though, you know. <laughs> so it was like I got to throw it in there, and that's funny. That one always sticks out, and. I wanted to pick a Cure song that was like, unless you were diehard or like into the movie The Crow, yeah. you weren't yeah. really gonna know. And we get that a lot. They're like, you see, "Oh, you're got some, yeah, you got me!" That's yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and and that's the thing
1: is, uh, you know, I admittedly I'm not a big Cure fan at all. And you got me, but now I want well, to go. Well, most metal yeah. You know, now I want to go hear that song.
3: Right, oh, that's cool, so, man. Go check know, it out, and you compare them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well,
1: I got to hear that now. So. Nice. I even yeah. had the Crow soundtrack, and I don't remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's had it for the 9-inch nails it, song in the song. you know song. what <laughs> and that's what it's
3: it's actually in the original track listing. It's tucked in between those two. Okay. It's uh 9-inch nails <laughs> du- dun- 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 then it goes into yeah. Burn And then some other song And then the Pantera one's track 5 nice. Dude, I used to listen to that on cassette Religiously <laughs> Yeah, yeah so to- it's like Yeah, when you're in between those two And I loved Nails and Pantera at that time So yeah, yeah. you were going to get lost So <laughs> <Center> for sure <laughs>
2: You get lost on your way to Pantera Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you're
1: I don't know, what were we That We were like, uh, I don't know, 18, 19 So we were all just about You know <laughs> Yeah, yeah So you're we probably like This is whack You know, yeah what oh,
3: was was like in the middle too yeah dude yeah and then any of the other songs on there you were like um what was the one that can't rain all the time
2: like all the oh, B-side songs yeah. everyone
3: yeah. skipped cause I know yeah. I did I just listened to Side A man <laughs> but that was one of those moments of like this band is so great like yeah. if they just had a punch man I know people would love them that's awesome you know because it was something they were so dark yeah and no one ever got that because the presentation of it was so light mm-hmm. you know what I mean but it's like yeah. dude this man is dark bro oh, like yeah, this fool need needs a hug <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like it was and not even like I want to kill myself way just like dang yeah. Yeah. You know, so I always felt that if you know, that would just be kind of cool. That's awesome. You know, and they brought the dark imagery and stuff that we like <laughs> yeah. to the forefront yeah. as well. You know, mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't think of. You know what I mean? Like where Manson got it from, like where Nails got it from. That that high contrast, that black mm-hmm. hair, pale skin. It was like, ah, dude, that yeah. was from that band. Yeah. And yeah, no one gets it. You know, yeah, definitely. So
0: Something I've always wondered um, from bands that have you know electronic or industrial elements like you guys have the not really industrial but the electronic elements in some of the songs like is that something that when you're do you hear that in your head like while you're writing a song or is it something you go back to a completed song and then add what you think would work
3: both okay yeah yeah um sometimes i mean the way that i'll write sometimes is in chunks anyway so i'll come up with an idea and i'll lay the riff and then i'll you know throw some drums over it and i kind of to get the feel of that's how it's going to be because i have my own studio so i'm able to do it and uh usually i almost always go to finding some sort of electronic noise nuance something just because i don't want to be a stock rock band of drum guitar and vocal yeah so I'm always gonna try and find something yeah. to throw in there, even if it's like a synth, you know, following the guitar, just to bring the guitar riff out, you know, mm. um, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I mean, it's always I've got my setup and my template of like the <laughs> way that I want to roll, you know, just to give us that little bit of difference, you know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's a win or loss for us, but uh, at least we're different. That's <laughs> all right. That's, all right. That's
0: all right. Well, uh, you mentioned you know the cure obviously and arena rock and like what are your biggest influences since you guys obviously pull from all these different areas opposite ends of the universe (laughs) Mm.
2: (laughs) for sure I was I was actually born in a really unique time Uh, I was born in 1986 when I maintain I should have been 18 (laughs) so I, I was raised by two people with the same size hair and so I got all of the good big arena, Molly Crew, Kiss, all that True. stuff. Like, you know, I got that upbringing, but I was also 18 at the time that nu metal happened, and everyone was tuning to the ground, and it was just like. X
3: flat. Yeah,
2: yeah, X, X flat. Tuning to C is, is what we always do. Too, yeah. too low sharp. <laughs> um, you know, just every, everything like.
3: Right, I tell people we play in E quadruple flat. E quadruple flat <laughs> some next level shit. Yeah, yeah. Blows <laughs> your mind.
2: <laughs> what uh what scale is that in Logian. Yeah. um <laughs> right. So we uh so I guess for me I I can kind of hang when it comes to like, you know, when everyone guys an old school hair vibe going on and the music's going and it's like cool man, yeah, I I can get down. Not, not many dudes my age know who Saxon was. You know what I mean? Tigers of tang Like, no, yeah. no one knows. You know what I mean? Like, band. There you go. Like, nobody, you know, nobody expects me to know. I go head-to-head with Fools all the time. I win all sorts of money. Yeah. Like, all sorts of money in bars going, yeah? Okay. Cool. Yeah. How many years did Mike Versera sing for uh, Loudness? Yes. What? You know what I mean? It Fools Trip. You know what I mean? But at the same turn of events, I'm the first to throw on Periphery because I was brought into that whole, you know what I mean? So... I guess being a little more guitar shreddy oriented, I I'm I guess the heavier of the of the digs I can kinda I don't know, I like the techie stuff and the proggy stuff, but I like it all. And I think that's why me and me and everybody click, like, it just I don't know, I have I have a, a like for everything. I guess my biggest influence is to answer your question. Uh, would probably be, you know, where any, anyone my age started would be the Metallicas, the Panteras, the Slayers. But of that time, even though my dad made sure that it was proper, that, you know, yes, this is Metallica and that, you know, blah, 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 but check out Kill 'Em All first and then get that. The same way that you make a new girlfriend watch Star Wars, like the right way, you know what I mean? My dad was like, no, check it out, listen to this album first. And then, I dude, I got Show No Mercy for Christmas one year. My mom was That's pissed. Awesome. She was pissed. She was like... I don't remember putting that in there, and my dad, of course, Santa Claus brought it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus brought Show No Mercy. <laughs> good call, you know what I mean? But, so, I mean, I got I got a really good background, a foundation of, you know, Metallica, Slayer, Pantera, but then Slipknot happened, and it was like, these dudes are doing what I want to be doing, like, louder and faster, and and it kind of just snowballed that way to where now no, no music makes sense the second you put it on, and it's just like, yeah. I like that because I can tune it out. Like, these guys get all, like, irritated with it. And I'm just like, it's awesome background noise because it's like listening to numbers. And it's awesome because I can ignore it. And that's what I like. You know what I mean? So, yeah,
3: I understand
2: that. That's where I'm but at. He and
3: I are the closest in age, so we were the same way. Like, I grew up on the 80s
2: stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I obviously
3: liked the uh, more romantical side of things. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I loved power fun. ballads. Yeah. And uh, so that just kind of, uh, Seeped into my brain, it's like power ballads, guitar riffs. I wanted to be Slash and Axle in one. so <laughs> yeah. that's why I decided to play guitar and okay. sing. You, you know go. what I <laughs> mean. Um, I was I loved Metallica, but I caught them at the Black Album and went in reverse. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was yeah. like to me it was rediscovering what had already been discovered. So yeah. okay. Um, and then I I don't know, man. I I, I think I kind of dropped off around being influenced by things around Nine Inch Nails in Depeche Mode. Because I think at that point, I'd read an article with Nuno Benton, Court of Extreme. Yeah. My favorite guitar player. And he had said something, yeah, I can solo like crazy. I know that. But I got to write songs. Yeah. And at that point, I was learning like Passion and Warfare from Steve Vai, like Inside and Out. And I was like, yeah, no joke, man. Yeah. Like, I got to write tunes. And then I'd read another article about... Eddie Van Halen how his guitar teacher told his dad I can't teach him anymore I mean I can but if I do he's gonna become the book and he's not gonna become who he's supposed to be so I stopped letting myself I guess get influenced by things and just start trying to write what I wanted to hear that I wasn't hearing from bands and man it took a long time like my first bands were terrible and like the first songs that I wrote were terrible you know (laughs) and like even my first band that like signed to a Capitol was like trying to be the cure with nuts. You know what I mean? And we must have been doing something right because we made our way up to capital. Yeah. But still, it was like, it took a really long time to find that identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I purposely was always against the grain. Yeah. It was like, if something was cool, I didn't want to do it yeah. just because it was cool oh, definitely if like yeah. there was this band that was cool i didn't want to be involved with it if the emo thing was breaking out i went the opposite way if metalcore was a thing then i was going to make my songs simpler and my breakdowns different and sing even more just to make everybody mad you know what i mean <laughs> because i didn't want to fit in because i wanted to be like and i still do like i'd rather be a terrible version of myself than like a good version of somebody else you know, and I'd rather suck it being me. Yeah. That's weird. Well, well, that's understandable. That's sure. terrible business acumen. But um, <laughs> at the same time, it the makes the works... makes music more real, right? Yeah. You know, and it could end up being its own thing that was, like, broke, like, the way Nirvana did, you know? I yeah. don't think we'd break, like, Nirvana, but, man, that would be great. <laughs> because at least <laughs> we were doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? So it's not hard to continue that because you're like, I wasn't trying to follow something all the time. Yeah. I was always just writing what came out of me, so... Writing more records for the next twenty years is not an issue because I'm not trying to chase whatever True. is hot, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of arena rock, both of us are admittedly massive fans of Warrant.
3: Still to yeah. this day. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we yeah. saw the name
0: Bo Hill, you know, it kinda of piqued our interest in, and yeah. like how did that how did that all come about? Bo?
3: Um He's my, like, life mentor at this point, which is really awesome. He, Uncle Bo. Um, I mean, dude, we he's me about stocks. He's talking about production. He's talking about everything. And uh, we, I was in an industrial band called Never Enough. And we were on Koch when Koch was turning into E1 Entertainment. So we got lost in the shuffle. Our record just kind of sat in oblivion until it disappeared. But I'd worked with him on that record. And he had called me one day. And uh, there, there was two moments that made Bo and I really click. The first time he called me, he was like, Hey man, um, your drums, this track, you got to resend it to me. And it's like distorting and real noisy. And I'm just going to have to get a clean track. And I was like, no man, that's that's how it is. Like that's that's the sound. Isn't it cool? And he's like, really? Okay, I guess I'll make it work. And he made it work. And then he fell in love with it because he came from that pop formula. But he felt like he was missing his edge. And I had an edge, but wasn't too much that was, like, in the stratosphere, completely different kind of edge Mm. that I didn't know how to think in some sort of structure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's just be the most ridiculous shit ever. It was like (laughs) I still had reins on myself, so I was able to write that way. And then the second one was um, he was listening to one of the ballads, Hush, on that record. He was like, who wrote all these songs? And I was like, I did, other than maybe, like, two of them and he's like man i need you to help me write for some of these younger bands that i'm producing that they don't get it they're trying yeah. to do the scene thing and they're trying to do the core thing and they're not understanding there's no longevity in it because um, they watch all their bands and all their heroes in that scene and they all change motionless and white asking alexandria bring me the horizon they all like become big rock sounding bands right simple riffs big hooks to the point you know what i mean they grow up and they grow and they evolve so i was like yeah absolutely and so we started writing i'd read a lot of songs for the mm-hmm. bands he was working with and uh, i ended up having the second never enough record which is going to be the first murder fm record he really encouraged me to release it he's like we'll put together the band dude like just release the record i think there's something hot there use the little bit of buzz you have within the industry to, to build on and we just stuck together man we became a team and bounce off my songs off him go back and forth to austin uh, where his studio is he'd come up to dallas i mean we're just through email traveling back and forth hanging out um and just came up with the murder fm sound so really like Bo is a huge part of it a very 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 big part of it that i don't think we'll ever not be a part of which is cool you that's know great. what I mean? That's awesome. that, That's a good person to have yeah, right. in your corner. Yeah, you know, it really is. So you think even in, like, future records of
0: Murder FM, he's going to be involved? Oh, yeah. In I mean, okay.
3: dude, it's... He, it, it, I'm going to have to fight to get him off of us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing because I don't want yeah. to. You know what I mean? It's, like, it, it's worked well to this yeah. point. Like, keep it going. And the thing is, it's very hard even... I mean, he and I sat down with it. He's like, I'd love for you to have another producer if it meant your band was going to evolve. But who would we get because anyone new wouldn't really get what you guys are trying to do he's like i mean there's nowhere else for you to go but like bob rock or something you know what i mean brendan o'brien like all the big dudes he's like you got nowhere to go but up so i was like you're right man you know might as well stick with you you're all right old chum you know what i mean like he's actually no man i i don't foresee that because he's the way we've done the records is i've had 100% control Mm -hmm. Of how The songs were gonna go down And he just Made sure that they like Went in a format That was like right, If we're gonna hit radio And we're not shy about it Mm -hmm. At least I'm not I'm like dude I want our band to be successful I wanna be big I wanna be on the radio I wanna fucking sell out Every night I hate when bands Try and play that cool card And I think that's what's Missing In the excitement Of the rock genre And the industry right now Is everyone's trying to be coy and like no we just want to play because we love it i'm like fuck that dude i want to be huge i want to sell out arenas i want to cruise in that hummer limo that just drove by us you know what i mean i want to have my own bus and talk to these guys only when we're on stage you know what i mean sorry i'm gonna go back and swim in my money later bye you know what i mean but see even you guys are laughing and that's what i'm saying it's that that fun that excitement like man like the shit you loved when you heard bands when you were young. Do you just, ah, crowd roaring. Not like, everyone too cool, standing in the back. Yeah. don't oh, know, man, maybe you guys are all right. We'll see, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I'm not shy about it, you yeah. know? And that's, you know, I think he's going to be the dude that's going to help us get there. Awesome. Because he has those ideals in place. Yeah. That even without talking to him, just like with the band, I don't have to be in a room with them to know, like... Oh. That's not gonna work, anyways. You know.
2: Oh, I just got a great idea. Give me. Save it for later. Making fans fans again. Right? Yeah. Are we? Are we there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Proceed. Well, and you know,
1: it, it's a good point because it does seem like the the more the years click by, the the less bands there are that give you that that feeling that you were just talking about. Yeah, know? that's why there's no and big bands. Man. I know. I know. Like,
3: I, I don't want to go see a band and be pissed off about life. Yeah you know what I mean and it does just because it's heavy doesn't mean that it has to be like pissed off Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm like dude why do you think like I don't know man I love boobs I wish I would see less hoodies it shows unless there was nothing under the hoodie but boobs you know what I mean and I'm just saying like I guess that fun element Yeah. you know what I mean Um, I think it's just gotten way too serious way too serious bro you know and it, it doesn't need to be because you watch everything else country's still huge hip hop's still huge pop is huge like everyone complains about the industry and it always just seems to be the rock cats yeah that are losing on it but i'm like what are you really doing about it and why aren't you exciting people about what's going on it should be exciting that you're coming to town It should be like oh my god like we went over to the uk our bus would roll up and there was kids like lined up at like eight in the morning and i'm really? like don't they have school yeah <laughs> but they're here you know what i mean it does not happen that way anymore dude you gotta practically go and drive to each city bring people to the show Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and it's because it doesn't feel like an exciting event yeah you know what i mean but but someone country will come into town like god who just came to dollar garth brooks sold out like five nights in a row Mm -hmm. what the fuck dude yeah people were two shows a night yeah (laughs) people were losing their minds garth brooks was here but all the songs are real some serious ones there's some sad ones there's some fun ones there's you know what i mean yeah but it was like, I just feel like that element is so gone. And I want to bring that back, like, desperately. I don't care about critical acclaim. I don't care if everyone <laughs> says I'm the worst guitar player, singer ever in the world. I could give two shits. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I definitely. just want our band. I want to bring that excitement back. Yeah. And that's where I'm coming from. Well, you know, I, I can't even
1: remember who it was or where I heard it. But it was recently. Somebody said, uh, you know, it was a, oh, I can't remember. It was a uh, frontman, you know, of a older band said that you know back in the day there was always this element of danger at yeah. the shows like something could happen and now that's gone it's just so safe that's funny that you well, people did
3: that. it the wrong way too though you know what <laughs> i mean yeah and i'm gonna cut you off like um <laughs> but but my is what i have seen is like people get wrapped up in the drug and drinking thing and they uh, they wrap that up as being the dangerous element Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a dangerous element, dude. You know what I mean? Like, when I was watching Motley Crue at nine years old, I didn't think about that. There was just that feeling in the air. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm stoked, and I don't know why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the lights would go down, and I would get chills. Like, I didn't think, like, oh, my God, Nikki Six is going to do heroin on the side <laughs> of the stage. It's so fucking awesome. Yeah. And there's going to be some naked chick. It was just, like, there was just so many, like, mm-hmm. things packed into that that, like, the frequencies alone of the band when they hit the stage you were just like yeah
1: you, you, you were af-
3: you were afraid but at the same time you were compelled right? yeah you know that's what I always that's how I always
1: thought, yeah, I mean, thought and, be- out,
3: and because I got into music young that's why I feel like I didn't know those things mm-hmm. so I don't equate them to being a part of the formula really? like band members being a bunch of fuck ups It does not equal the excitement of the band. I think it's the energy within the band because I knew none of that at five years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nothing about drugs, money. and it's just like kiss lit it up. Yeah. That was it. That was, yeah, that primal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny that that ended up being your conclusion, the the danger and the limit. When we first started out, we had like a running joke because sound guys would call the next city and warn their sound crew about us we would get there and they would go oh cool hey you know same way introduce, oh what's up i'm norman hey i'm matt whatever blah 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 and they would like almost take a step back like oh no they're fucking here we heard you were coming and you're here now and we uh and it was all just because like we've had fun like it's it you know and shit happens to get destroyed, you know what I mean? And it's just, and you know, we've, we've kind of had to like, learn like, okay, maybe I shouldn't put my foot through this or kick this off stage or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was all always accidental. Like it was all always genuine. Like, dude, I was rocking watching you rocking and that's how this got broken. That's my final answer. You know what I mean? Like I was watching you tear it up. So I was tearing it up harder and then you started tearing it up harder and we knocked this thing over and... It's broken now and they're trying to bill us. So what do we do? You know what I mean? That's that danger, yeah, that I'm saying, man,
3: like, we didn't, like, I don't drink or smoke or do any drugs. Like, every decision I make is absolutely conscious when we're playing. But our heads are wrapped around whatever it takes to get the show popping. You know what I mean? And I don't know how many shows we've been, like, um, banned from. You know what I mean? Like, I've literally (laughs) twice in a row in the same city. Like, for using foul language. And I'm like, I wasn't even singing the song. Like, the fans knew it, and they sung it. But it was one was inciting a riot. Another one was, uh, uh, yeah, using foul language at a tattoo convention. An outdoor rock show tattoo convention. You know who you are. And somehow, (laughs) I was the bad one. And they were like, there's kids here. And I'm like, there's half-naked women getting tattooed on their nipples. That's right. You can't even hear a damn word I'm saying. But I guess I think it was just that that connection that we had mm-hmm. that would make someone feel like man this could erupt if they really really wanted <laughs> it to you know what I mean and that's part of like our power like there's sometimes like I was on stage a couple nights ago and I was just, man I was not having it and there was an obvious difference in the way that it felt you know what I mean whenever one of us is't present mm-hmm. you can feel it you know what I mean it's like so I think we just have that that thing couldn know we do you'll you'll see it tonight and without even trying you know what I mean <laughs>
0: Nice, nice I was wondering if you could just Talk about the Sound Foundation What it is you guys do Nice, I'm glad you know about that
3: (laughs) Um, That's a music school Artist development studio That I own in Dallas Down in Deep Ellum And uh, I started that Because it was like I wanted so badly For something to be like that Around when I was that age You know, when I was coming up in bands When just, you know A cool guitar teacher That was in a band Not some dude that you know, did it 40 years ago. And that's cool too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you want those, those what feel like relevant, real time answers for your questions that you have. You know, um, how do I hook this pedal up? How do I get this kind of tone? Like yeah. the things that I take for granted now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember exactly. them being so, so huge back then. What would be better? Where should I put my pedal? What kind of gear should I use? Where should I stand? What should we do? How should we do this? What should we wear? You know, um, so much more than just a guitar lesson. It's like, you know what I mean? There, there's, you're developing an artist. You know, how do I write a song? How do I go from the chorus into the bridge, you know? And uh, it keeps me inspired. And uh, I've got a great team of instructors as well. I've got CJ from Drowning Pool works out with me as well. Um, And we've got maybe like 13 bands at this point that are out gigging. We've got one that's playing tomorrow night, one that played last weekend. I mean, they're out gigging, they've released material. And um, I mean, simple market entry stuff and singles, you know, and digital retailers. But the thing is, it really kind of gives them a lesson shows them how you you don't just learn guitar and be the best guitar player because there's always going to be a better one you learn how to be the best you Mm -hmm. that you can possibly be and develop your craft and your art and uh, I think a lot of kids don't get the opportunity to follow the music dream and make it better which I think hurts our industry in the long run because someone who wants to get into sports can uh, start at four years old with t-ball And they have 14 years to, you know, try to get really good at it before they, hey, kid, you got to make a life change. A lot of, you know, these kids, man, they don't get that chance till, you know, closer to graduating. And then when they graduate, they realize there's all these options at the collegiate level. But at that point, it's like you got four years to get your degree, dude, because you got to get a real job, you know, and not realizing that more than just being in a band, there's, you know, being a guitar maker working on pickups being a guitar tech being a tour manager a production manager owning a club running a club doing marketing social media marketing being a promoter being a radio person being a marketing person for radio so many facets to the industry that uh they just had no idea about you know so it's very hard for them to get good at it over time you know so i think if we get started a generation and a half at least before (laughs) you know i mean maybe this will help Pump a fresh new blood into our industry at a younger age. That's also much more experienced and might bring that life and that love back, you know, and teach yeah. them all the right stuff too. Teach them about the big bands and the fun things, <laughs> and the, you know what I mean. And let them do whatever they want with it, but give them the, the most amount of knowledge. Like for me, it's always so hard to leave because I'm so close with all of them. You know, it's like you go on the road and you're like, oh man, and scheduling, and I don't want to let parents down and the kids, but at the same time. I have relevant real time information to give them when I come back from the road, you know, that I'm right. like, dude, this is the industry yeah. that I'm in yeah. at this moment. Yeah. And this is how this is working. And so to be able to kind of just uh, edify their musical journey that way is really awesome, man. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sure super it gives them, it.
0: you know, pumps them up seeing you. Leave and come back and tell yeah. them stuff, you know. Yeah, it Rather is, man. Than I've just always some dude sitting there telling them about stuff from the past, like I said, right? Well, because
3: it was, man. I mean, like I got really good at guitar within two years, mm-hmm. and it was like those were my questions, like, man, how do you, yeah. how how would I do this, or how do you? get your strap to not ball or why do you use this processor versus these pedals or this rig versus this yeah. or this tone or when i'm recording what do you mean a mid scoop like i don't you know all those <laughs> just things that make musicians better that it's not just about the instrument it's yeah. about what that person is putting into themselves you know what i mean a great example is a uh, like tommy lee you know because i um been able to work with him was killer and i grew up as a fan but even more so everyone's always like oh Tommy Lee greatest rock drummer or whatever It's <laughs> not all that great but it's what it is within himself that he does when he hits those skins that just makes you like yeah, boom just kick and snare and you're like I love this and I don't even know why like listen to the tunes there's never really int- anything intricate going on but you see them live and you're just like mesmerized oh, yeah, yeah? Yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> you know and his drum solos and his big old lanky arms and yeah. it was like him being him and he put the most of himself yeah. a lot of people don't get that chance because they're trying to again chase their influences mm-hmm. I want to be just like this and I want to be just like this and there's no one there to zone in and be like dude you can like those bands but maybe this is the best you mm-hmm. you know like yeah man you would love um, I don't know cattle decapitation for whatever reason <laughs> but maybe you're a great R&B singer and writer Yeah, and dude you can love and, and it's hard at that age you want to be you want someone to uh, to, to justify, uh, not justify, Um, I guess to just put a legitimate stamp on you, so to yeah. speak. And you want to belong to something so badly. Validate. There you go. But, uh, you know, there's no one there to tell you, like, dude, you can like this, but you're good at this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be successful at writing pop songs or country songs, <laughs> and you can like the shit you like, but you're really good at this. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I like Cattle Decapitation, so I have to only play that forever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, it's, and it's just because you want to be validated and you want to be part of something. Yeah. You know? Well, well um, it's like you said with you know, <laughs>
1: athletes. You know, you, these kids can go to a, like a baseball camp or something. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just a great idea that you got with that. That's, uh,
3: Thanks, it, man. It's,
1: it's like how did somebody not come up with that sooner?
3: Right. You know? It's like well, it seems I mean, like there always
0: has been on that smaller scale, like those fantasy camps and stuff. There's oh. been that. That and there's takes been way like too much a, yeah, money. Yeah, this little
3: school of rocks that yeah. pop up well, everywhere. Well, that's for
1: that's for like you know old dudes that want to. learn yeah.
3: Mm. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the thing. Like there's <laughs> there's very few that are um, if any that are really artist driven. Yeah. Full time yeah. by somebody that's you know in bands like doing it, dude. Yeah. You know, like if you're at that level, you're either doing one or the other. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Like you've decided to do this or yeah. you've decided to do this yeah and i'm trying to ride the wave by doing both yeah so i yeah. think that gives it that little that just that difference you mm-hmm. know what i mean that different element And then i have friends and bands so mm-hmm. whenever they come through town i'm like hey stop by the school you know i've had machine head gemini syndrome butcher babies nuno bettencourt yeah. um alice cooper and that's cool because i just walk in and kids are like <laughs> <laughs> you know i won't even announce it and they're like is that so and so and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, go talk to him. And like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then they'll sit there and they'll talk and they'll, you know, trade licks or ideas or That's whatever. Crazy. And they're just like, what? What do you mean, like, CJ's subbing for you while you're on tour? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just trippy to them, you know. Yeah. And and I love that feeling. Yeah, I love being able to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks,
0: man. Well, I guess a uh, final question, unless you got anything else. No. Would go ahead. Be,
3: like after this head beat or do
0: you guys Brum have it. stuff doing oh <laughs> said final question oh, no. blonde no, I don't right. know 10 inches cheese no it man? Yeah. well no I was going to say do you have have you stuff planned in the 2016 or is it something going to work out after holidays or? I'm no gonna I
3: know we're going to be on the road I think right now it's a matter of uh, who we're going to be with if we're running on our own going back to the UK um really just kind of probably we're we're adjusting the game plan as we go because every city it's turning into something else mm-hmm. you know every night it's something else that you're like wow i had no idea we were at that level awesome you know which is which is cool you know yeah. so we're just right now we're we're adapting every day <laughs> cool. you know i mean we get to some cities on these tours and there's people that know us and you're like what the hell we get to other cities it's no one knows you and, and that's what you expect Yeah, you know so yeah. it's kind of like well do we go back that direction and make yeah. them know us <laughs> or do we just keep going to the <laughs> ones where we have tons of radio and fans and skip the other ones you know so it's again just adjusting all the time Yeah. So and there's some markets we're really hot in that we haven't been to yet mm-hmm. just because we've been trying to really build Yeah. you know the new markets and with the new record yeah. just getting those new fans going so you're, you're making notes of like every stop oh yeah cool that's cool. That's what this
1: guy is. There you go. <laughs>
3: I'm the nerd with the spreadsheets. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, cool, cool. Awesome, well, man. Thank we you, appreciate you, guys. It very much. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate thanks. It. This is and awesome. Let me know.
0: Thank you, man. There you go. Norman Matthew and Matt from Murder FM. We'd like to thank those guys again for not only taking the time to do it, but for taking the time to really do it. You know, Because I sat down and, and just had a full-on talk with us where a lot of these guys, when we catch them at a show, when they're rolling through town, you know, you don't get a lot of time with them because... They're in a time crunch due to stuff they've got going on
1: you know Oh exactly I mean and, and you know we're not complaining oh, I, no. Any any time we can get with these guys is great, uh, but it was just really cool uh, to get like a full 40, 45 minutes with these guys and really get into some some great conversations. So again, thanks to those guys, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, like I said, check them out. They're on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else and they are they got a great sound that I think a lot of people would dig. And, you know, you can say this about any band, you know, that you like. You think, you know, hey, this band could be big, but these guys really have a sound that I think lends themselves to, I really think that these guys can go somewhere. That's right. Because they've got all different kind of elements playing together to make themselves have a unique sound that I think will work well. And, you know, I I hope it works out for them because they're great dudes.
1: Yeah, and they really seem to be focused and know exactly where they're going Uh, So, you know, if anyone can do it, it's easy, guys, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like we mentioned earlier, go back and check out some older episodes we had, you know, with Warrant and guys from Warrant, guys from Crowbar, The Sword, Spirit Caravan. Soil. Soil, uh, King Shifter, all kinds of regional acts, you know, around this area of the country, like Driver and Rocket Science Sever Mind. Sever Mind and Severmind, a Dead Metal Society.
1: We had uh we had Mike Ariza from Frank Hannon's band on. That was awesome. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: So definitely go back and soundcloud dot com backslash thunder dash underground. And if you're a if you're a band or if you're part of a band that's an independent band, you want us to play some music, shoot us an email at the thunder at gmail dot com. We'd be happy to play your song on our podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um you know, we like doing that. It's fun, and we like listening to all you guys. So if you kick ass, send us some of your shit.
0: Definitely. Well, with all that being said, we mentioned earlier that we caught these guys when they rolled through town with on the Seasons After Tour. Yes. And speaking of Seasons After, we also recorded a podcast with with the singer of Seasons After, Tony. As well as a couple other guys were there, and they chimed in a couple times. So. There you go. Yeah, we'll have
1: that uh, in the next uh, week or two or three.
0: Yes. And we've also got one coming up with Richie Cavalera from Insight.
1: Yes, that's going to be a good one, dude.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. And we've got a couple other lined up that we'll let you know coming up soon. That's so, right. Till then, once again, check us out at thethunderunderground.com. Thanks to Shauna from Pavement for helping set up this interview with... Uh, Norman and Matt from Murder FM and of course once again thanks to Norman and Matt from Murder FM so until next time see you
1: later